Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Carlin, and with me today, I'm absolutely delighted to have Connor Miley on chatting with me. So Connor is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. You may know him from his previous work in uh, We Raise Bears. He has since gone solo uh, with a debut album out in October called Thousand Yard Stare. Uh, really, really interesting music. I don't really want to ruin the kind of story about how this album came together, but it's a very personal album. Um, Connor writes all the music on it as well. So uh, how it came about and what it means and stuff is is, fa- is fascinating. So I think you all will really, really enjoy it. And uh, normally at the end of every episode, I kind of just play the theme music and say, please follow us or something along those lines. But in this particular episode, we're going to be treated to a live performance of one of Connor's songs called Dogs of War, um, which is going to be amazing. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I'm going to stop rambling as I normally do in these intros and get on with the episode. Here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson. another episode of the who art thou podcast it's episode number 42 and we have connor miley with us what's the crack how's it going Barra? not too bad not too bad uh we normally start off with these uh episodes a very basic question which is how did you get into music um i don't know i've been playing since i was a kid i started taking piano lessons as like 10 or 11 because people said i had long fingers so i was like oh, 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 and i do have very very long fingers so oh, you do actually yeah yeah and they're quite flexible my fingers like you know so it's suitable to playing piano. So I took it that, and then when I was a teenager, I taught myself guitar, then to sing. Just from there, really, like mm. I studied a bit in in college, studied a bit of jazz, uh, did another course as well in like UCD. So that's it, yeah. But so, it, I read it was it was a classical music that came first. Well, it would have been through the piano. Oh, like, through the know, piano. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I would have done all those the grades growing up, like you know, I did all all those grades, uh, and then jazz when I was like late teens early no, early 20s really uh and yeah then i suppose all the the rock and songwriting stuff that was all sort of self-taught mm. um so yeah would have been yeah that was, and what kind of led into going that route because the music that you make i would say is quite different to jazz <laughs> oh no it's good yeah so it's uh it's just what i'm into basically like i wanted to write songs it's what i i guess what i'm most interested in and i suppose bands like like Radiohead, songwriters like Nick Cave, uh, you know, that's what I sort of would have been. That's what I mainly listened to. Mm, uh, listen to have. <laughs> yeah, I listen to like a wide range of stuff. Uh, I suppose there's lots of different influences in the stuff I do, but as it's as a genre, I would have been definitely more uh, rock indie songwriter sort of stuff. Like you know, uh, I, just what I was interested in and am basically. Do you remember the first gig that you played live? Uh, I don't know. I, was, I think we did a battle of the bands when, in a friend's band, like when we were seventeen or something like that. Uh, yeah, so it would have been a battle of the bands. We came third or fourth. I can't remember. Oh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually it was a good enough lineup. There was a band, uh, a couple of the bands. Can't remember the name. They were doing okay at the time, but um, yeah, that would have been it. And I, uh, let's see. I had a bit of a nightmare. I had to unplug the guitar because I was getting constant feedback and pretend I was playing. Oh, uh, yeah. I was like on guitar and then piano. I sat down at an acoustic piano. 
that wasn't really even mic'd up so you couldn't <laughs> even hear it <laughs> so it was in like a school it was in oh, yeah. it was in sign hill it was sign hill and black rock oh right okay that's where it was uh that would have been the first one. I know. Well, I I yeah. went to Black Rock, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, right, that's right. I, went to. I was at the 10-year reunion there on, uh, oh, right. on Friday. It was a weird experience. <laughs> my cousin, I lived with my cousin there for a year and a half. And he went there. I remember when he went to the 10-year reunion a few years ago. I remember I got a text. I feel great. Everyone is fat and bald. And I'm not. <laughs> So that, was, so, okay. that is one way to look at it yeah, yeah. <laughs> my life's not so bad yeah. so uh yeah how did um uh it was re-raised bears was the was the band that you're in wasn't it i was in my was girlfriend slash partner at the time sharon we set it up say 2013 or something and uh when we set it up it would be very much sort of folk we started off with these uh we did, we just did like songwriter nights around Dublin and we started off with these videos we recorded on my dad's farm in, in Roscommon mm. we put up four videos over the space of I don't know maybe a year or something like that maybe less than that I can't remember but uh, that sort of built then we got in a drummer a good friend of mine who actually played with Thumper there for years oh no way yeah he Which... was the second drummer but he left them about he was on though he played on the album that got nominated for the choice music prize there i oh my god it's gonna drive me mad because i'm friends with his brother and i can't remember his name yeah yeah his uh, brother's a uh uh, an animator yeah 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 yeah. um dylan is it wait is it dylan dylan he does dancing as well he had a dancing podcast is that i don't know no it's not it's shane shane oh right okay but he would have played drums and we recorded an ep played the drums and then another guy came in played bass and, and trumpet nile and then we did that for a couple of years, two, three years. And I even I only, I only put up on Instagram on, uh, a live video that I found on an external hard drive the mm. other day. We actually were sounding pretty good by the end. That was only <laughs> about four months before it ended. Myself and Sharon's relationship ended, so we sort of had to end, had to end the band then. Mm, okay. Uh, on good terms, though. She's married now. I was at the wedding. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, so, nice. well, the afters. The afters. <laughs> the afters. It was a small, a small <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. But and, um, yeah. How, and how did that lead into you? Because I know um, I, I was reading an interview today with uh, the news that you know you had a breakup, and then a month later you found out that you're being a dad. Like, did that lead directly into the? Oh yeah, that solo wasn't material? Sharon. That wasn't. No, Sharon. not saying it was Sharon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the one. <laughs> not saying it was Sharon. Don't that worry. was a lady that came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I had a breakup. Found out as a dad. Month later, things weren't great. For the best part of a year around that time, I wrote pretty much the whole album i think there was one song that was in like four or five months i'd say uh and there was one song that came from before from the we raise bears uh i just i recorded most of it in a mobile home in kerry and i just decided to keep it yeah so you were going back and forth back and forth was it recorded in a mobile home like the whole thing no mainly i was living in in crumlin on my own when the first lockdown happened okay and i just set up the house as a the house has been sold so that's why he didn't have someone else in so i had a house to myself just because <laughs> nice. it was being sold and no one could buy it because everything was locked everything down was locked down. yeah so I was, I was going from month to month like for about a year like on rent rise but i set up the house as a recording studio the whole downstairs and over those three months from march to really june when i moved out to move with my cousin was in july that year i I was recording about 10 hours a day, I'd say. Jesus eight, Christ. Eight to 10 hours a day, like, you know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah I'd, be, I'd be going till one or two in the morning. And it seems like a very deep and personal album as well. So I would imagine that, like, with, did you find kind of, like, 
because of COVID, you were able to go a little bit more into yourself than you normally would in terms of writing? Uh, well, a lot of the lyrics, I guess, would have been already being written at that stage. Mm. Um, I thought it was very, probably even, like, it's very, very personal, the whole album, uh, lyric-wise. I guess that phase when I was recording it, it was more just about the music. Yeah. That all the writing had been done. Had been done. But uh, I guess what the way I... My, the process I do I, I start off with uh, either an idea on a guitar or a piano then I'll come up with a structure of a song and I'll, I'll, I'll write lyrics which can take I mean weeks to do for mm. a song because uh, I rewrite and until it looks until I can read it as a poem like I don't I keep on <laughs> I keep on redoing it yeah, basically yeah. Uh, and then I come to arranging it just recording at home basically Um and often I'll add in sections or change the harmony of a section or something like that. Really depends on uh, whatever interests me at the, at the time. Like, <laughs> but, then yeah, you change yeah. it two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, I just oh, every if I ever if I do something that's like okay that is a bit uh, generic or something. I'll I'll, I'll constantly go down um, cul-de-sacs like you know and have to change things and like I don't know how people used to record in, in studios back in before you could do it on your own like uh because like it was so expensive it was like you weren't getting that like you weren't getting uh that much of an opportunity i guess to to change things around and things no, like yeah. you know so i'm constantly one thing i've got i always know that once i start a song uh it will end up okay like you know i will be going down loads of cul-de-sacs i uh, have to change things uh but it always comes out all right once mm. i work at it and yeah. do you like do, do you like the songs that the, so you have two singles out at the moment are, and, yeah. and for the whole album are you doing all the instruments yourself on those songs everything but the drums Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, drums strings and trumpet but I wrote all that stuff like ouches and uh, yeah. like the string section it was basically I recorded mainly in the house in Crumlin in the house I moved in Rings End with my cousin in that mobile home uh Probably I did all the pianos in my parents' house because on the piano I grew up playing. Oh, uh, lovely! Is that yeah. and that's the piano that's featured on the album, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, that's oh, all that piano. Oh, I got gorgeous. it. Obviously, got it tuned just before, and then I did all the piano over a couple of days, like um, um, and then yeah. What was I talking about? <laughs> sorry. Oh, uh, the, right, like writing all the music yourself. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. So I would have recorded everything myself, but the uh, strings I did in a studio and the drums were studio in Cork Monique Studios with Christian Best he's like he's uh, he's Mick Flannery's drummer that, yeah, yeah sorry, and yeah. he's uh, yeah he's very good he does a lot of the Cork sort of acts um, so he'd be very involved in the whole Cork scene down there so I did uh, I did the, the drums there over about four days and the strings were done like in six hours there was there were on seven songs oh wow okay. it's because I had it like so written out I had the plan where we're doing this part of a song then this then this and they were like beforehand that we're not going to get all this done in six hours <laughs> and because there was a lot of they were written for a string quartet but there was only I could only really afford to play pay three yeah. so one of the violinists uh, overdubbed the viola parts there was two violinists and a cello or and a cellist uh, and one of the violinists every time they recorded a part would just go over it they did everything in nearly one take yeah, they're brilliant because the, yeah. the uh, production on it like even today I was listening to it, there's something very kind of grandiose about listening about, about it and then 
um no i i really love it like uh, but the the first two singles that you have out and so father's day was the very first single off the yeah. album release was, would you mind telling us a little bit about that song well, that'll be supposed that uh, sorry no we're quick um like i would have written a lot of political stuff with the we raise bear sort of not as personal i suppose the next album for me will be that it won't be personal i'm going to start recording it next year i think like oh, you know? sweet. Okay. but that song will be the most i suppose it is personal but it's basically about being a single father in ireland mm. that's what it's about and the uh well like the fact of the matter is when you're my son was born uh i wasn't even legally his father you know and not till we got something signed when he was like a year and a half for that year and a half that anything happened to his his mum or anything mm. fair enough i probably could have gone through the process of but it would have taken time to uh actually be his father you know yeah, legally know, yeah. um and it's about that and i suppose it's just about when that's the the legislation the law the culture around that becomes quite oh, messed no, up like right? i know i know a lad who i think his kid must be nine now he's not a, he's not he's never met the kid ever okay it's just this kind of backwards thing um i don't know why Arden's so backwards in some law for it um it's hard to say like yeah. you know it's 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 quite a complicated thing because you think with the it's something like with gender pay and everything it's such a huge issue now mm. has been pretty much shown the reason for that is that one sex does all the child rearing mm. and the other one works like you know so that's very much a cultural thing uh and might even link into that like you know but if they want to solve those problems they need like equal paternity maternity leave for everyone regardless whether you're married or mm. not yeah um you know in the case like a serious percentage of kids now are born outside of wedlock i can't remember the figure exactly but it's a lot and there should be auto automatic joint custody for each well, sure, parent. I was even reading that uh it was only the other day i was seeing there was a report that saying that less people are getting married in ireland but they're still starting families they're just not getting married so yeah that kind of th- there is a thing that you are a legal guardian if you've been living together for six months i think oh okay so I that was brought that. in in 2016 i think there was a law brought in uh a law brought in but it sort of then but it it didn't go as far as it should have gone mm. um i think they were thinking of bringing in joint custody at the time but they it was who was francis Fitzgerald would have been the minister for for children at the time but they sort of uh they abandoned it from what i heard you know uh but there <laughs> are a lot of sort of like with any instead. issue politically there's a lot of sort of vested groups and it's seen i think the main reason hasn't come in is seen that if you give unmarried fathers equal rights it's you're allowing abusers uh basically giving them um huge access to their ex-partner oh. and things like that and that's i think one of the reasons for because when any time i've ever seen arguments against it or against joint custody it's generally uh that i don't really agree with that argument like you have you have very even more stricter domestic violence laws now that can deal with all that mm. and no one's saying that if you're an abuser that you should be getting but the default position should be equal access equal custody access for everyone it's for the children uh and obviously in the case of abuse then that that's gone like mm. you know uh but yeah so that's i think that's the main reason to be honest with you mm. Um, um the music video for it's fantastic like yeah. genuinely i'm not just saying that because yeah. you're in front of me it's a gorgeous music video if you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah. about the yeah it was stuff. directed by a guy called michael david mckernan mm. um this would have been done last year 
uh, and the actor Barry John Kinsler is the actor like he'd be, be well known in the Irish scene I was about to say why do I know that name yeah <laughs> but it's, that's his daughter he has twin daughters oh, oh right that's okay. actually his daughter um, in, in the video and Michael John or Michael David sorry came up with the uh, the whole I, I had an idea we sat we met a few times of like um, I'd be in let's say a classroom and there'd be lots of kids and it builds up but then we realised that's not very practical like you know <laughs> I was thinking get my nieces that's and, a lot of people to yeah, pay yeah <laughs> so he came up with this idea it was on the same sort of theme and uh, it was great yeah and he, the first uh, that was the first draft of the video as well like he said do you want any revisions I was like no works it works Happy really days. well yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah so he came up with the whole thing it's very much uh, the meaning of the song mm. I suppose there is a the, the whole uh, video is a metaphor it's that the uh, obviously the father and the the daughter they uh, they come across the metaphor of the piano and the furniture is that they're the obstacles in their relationship and then there's a moment of frustration for both of them dealing with these obstacles and at the end they decide that well, look, the most important thing is our love for each other. And despite the obstacles, that's all that matters. Like, you know, so that was the idea behind the whole, yeah, the whole no, video. It, 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 it genuinely is a gorgeous music video. I'm very impressed with it. And mm. then uh, obviously the second thing was a, th- a thousand yard stare, which is the title of the album. What was the yeah. what, what was went into the, what's the idea behind that song? Well, I didn't really realize that I wrote that a couple of years ago, three years ago, or something, but I didn't. I didn't realize the meaning of the song till a few months ago. Um, it's very much a song about something called anxious attachment. It's like an anxious, like it's an attachment theory. Oh, sorry, it started oh, yeah. with um, it started with uh, attachment theory to do with babies in the mid twentieth century. I can't remember the name of the the guy, the psychologist who studied it, but that there's three types of theory: secure, anxious, and uh, avoidance. Okay, that let's say. They had a mother and a child and the mother would leave the room. The secure would obviously cry at first, but that's about 50% of people. But then we get used to be grand. Mm. The anxious just kept on crying and crying and the avoidant was grand. <laughs> so, But that sort of developed into how we deal with uh, like romantic relations when we're older. Mm. And I guess I was in a relationship last year and it broke up just before Christmas. And I started reading into all the stuff. There's a book on it called Attachment that I listened to the audio book in my car. Uh, and I started a lot of stuff making sense. Then when I came to releasing the song, I looking at the lyrics like that's pretty much what that's about. <laughs> it's about like, you know, having anxiety when you meet someone. Someone new, basically, this it comes from a fear of abandonment, mm. a fear of uh, basically being alone. Like that's where it comes from. Uh, and I sort of started in my head connecting all the dots going back to when I was a teenager and why I started playing music and it was always sort of a way of dealing with things mm. uh, and it sort of all came full circle like you know <laughs> so it's very much about that yeah is that why the music video is so like because it's quite a, an intense music video uh, but it's also quite nice as well in a, mm. in a strange way <laughs> that was by a performer called Dr. Dr. County it was Michael David McKernan did it again I did it again okay, yeah okay. and uh, I was at a gig with this X, she's a musician just before around November but in between the acts Dr. Count Evil uh, was performing and I was sort of blown away and I sort of got onto them on, on Instagram asked look I'm doing a video in the new year if you're 
interested and they're really interested mm. and I just left it up to Michael David and their own devices I just told them what the song was about and off you go mm. so they, they recorded it in the Project Arts Centre um, oh just in, Tem- in Temple, Temple Bar, Bar yeah. oh, right, okay. so he hired that out for I think he got it done in three hours I think he was saying wow so three hours he got it That's done a quick shoot oh my god <laughs> and there was was the second draft is the one I went with oh, right, okay. so uh, yeah it was great yeah, no, I think okay. it's come out really there's a good reaction to it as well no I thought it's that, that uh, I keep seeing write-ups of it constantly about the video premiere did it premiere on Hot Press or was that no, Nile or Nine Nile or Nine, nine, or nine, nine, nine yeah. uh, premiered at the Hot Press to the first to one to the first Father, one yeah, Father's yeah. Day yeah so uh, what's in store now like do you have any gigs coming up soon or I, I'm playing in a record store in Cork in a, about a month but I've oh, no cool. records to sell because the album's not out to the end of <laughs> September just plugging your friends yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing over the summer I need to get together it's the last sort of piece of the jigsaw I, w- I had, was getting a band together there for in February, March you have a mean to ask you this as well because yeah. it's only six pieces isn't it oh, well it was going to be but okay. trying to get six people together my head just exploded it was so wrecked <laughs> yeah so i'm now in the summer going to get get a solo thing with lots of looping through ableton live okay uh, cool. i'm going to automate a lot of looping and get that and then i'm going to add in maybe the end of the summer a drummer and a bassist or a bassist who can also play a bit of keyboards mm. as well like so the idea would hopefully have a three-piece maybe add in a trumpeter for the odd gig oh like, sweet yeah, but yeah like money's another thing like you know uh playing gigs for 100 quid or 200 quid which yeah, widen that people. up <laughs> yeah so that's like a, uh, an issue as well like you know yeah. it always comes back to money like even it's crazy how reliant we are on it like because even like that the drum kit exists because of money before the drum kit there was like a, in a band there'd be a snare player a, uh, a kick drum really? player really yeah. I never knew cymbals that cymbals player so it just made financial sense to put them all into one of one person <laughs> rather than a uh, this is like in the 1920s and now you have or whatever. The one-man band. Yeah, <laughs> rather than uh, have like four people or whatever. Then. I never knew that. Genuinely, yeah. I never knew that. Um, that's cl- Jesus. That's amazing. Mm. <laughs> but it is no like the yeah. I can't imagine touring around with seven people, six people. Yeah, doing a gig in you know wherever a pub and then just getting a hundred quid for it. it just doesn't seem worth it. Unfortunately. So yeah, I've been sort of. There's a few gigs going to come up now, and I'm sort of planning for the autumn to do a good run. Sure. So I'm going to do an album launch. I think September 29th is when it's out. So maybe oh, that sweet. weekend. So I'm thinking the Workman's Cellar maybe. So I haven't booked it yet, but Have I'll do that. Have you been there before? No, it's I've never played great. the work. I played the Workman's a good few times, but never the Cellar. So that is a good spot. So yeah. it's, uh, the sounds and it's always very good. I went you get to a nice a gig little there. intimate uh, yeah, thing yeah. with the, the crowd and everything. So. so I went to like a, a punk gig there about a month ago. Was it Deli Girls? No, Vulpines were support. Oh, well, Vulpines are fantastic, but I don't know who, I don't know. Oh, they were English. They were English. What were they called? I go to so many gigs, I forget who I go to. Like, you know. <laughs> no, do you ever? I remember, uh, like with festivals and stuff, when going to them, I always forget that I've seen bands. It's like you oh, have yeah. seen those. You have seen them. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> Michael, we, I went to see Sleaford Mods about a year and a half ago, <laughs> and about we're going to see the Mary Wallopers a few months ago. With my cousin, I go to. I went to Lankham with him last week, but oh, uh, it, was, it was one of the best gig I've been to for years. Well, we're going to Mary Wallopers and we're talking to people like, oh yeah, like that time we're at Sleaford Mods. I was like, I've never seen Sleaford Mods. <laughs> he was like, you have. And it was like, later on in the night, I just remembered I'd been to Sleaford Mods. <laughs> and I love the gig as well. It's not, it's not as if I was like, didn't like the gig. I remember being, it was a Sunday night and I loved it. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> you see, what, what I do now when I go to festivals is I get a checklist 
and I do genuinely see as much people as I can right. and yeah. check them off. But I remember like last time I was at Electric Picnic, I was chilling with a friend of mine just having like a pint or whatever and a hot dog. And she's like, so who have you seen today? And I started listing them off. And she goes, you've seen what? What, 26 bands already today <laughs> by three o'clock? I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see as much as possible. Yeah. But um, yeah, the worst is when you go see a band with a little bit of drink in you and you just kind of forget the show about a yeah, week later. You're yeah. like, oh, I can't remember anything about I had a little that. bit of drink for Lancome last, but it made it better. Oh, they were um, brilliant. I have a friend of mine, I just recorded an episode there on Saturday with my friend Zach and he said it was one of the most, one of the one of the most ethereal, beautiful shows he's ever seen. That like, was amazing. Yeah. Like, like I'd never seen them before, but I'd um, obviously seen stuff online and I'd mm. listened to stuff, Go Dig Your Grave and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But live, they were just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was Vicar Street, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They did yeah. three nights. Uh, I think it was three nights, but it was there the first one. But it was brilliant. Really, really impressive. They're getting some level of uh, critical like, praise. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I was, as I was saying to Zach, it's like, because it's a type of music that I'm glad to see people are still able to make something new out of it. You know, yeah, like Irish yeah. music and stuff. And make it so kind of... Uh, personal and moody and everything it's uh it's yeah. very impressive yeah I can't, i'd hope i can't wait to see them go for it i'd say the americans will eat it up by crazy i, I would imagine yeah they, would. they the new york times did a thing like an article recently about a month or two ago uh about saying there's a new a new scene of modern contemporary traditional music mm. they mentioned lisa o'neill as well oh right okay i think they mentioned the mary wallopers too uh but yeah, so there was in the New York Times their culture section, or whatever. So they got a lot of um, in America. They would have got a good bit of press over that. Like now, actually, like, before before I move on to the uh, the second portion, so show yeah. where I ask you just random questions and ask you to part. Yeah. I forgot to ask you who does the artwork for your uh, for your single covers because they're they're really beautiful. Yeah, I really it, like them. It's a even the a poem w- thing that was on your Instagram recently. What was it? was like a poem post. I think was the lyrics. that that was the lyrics. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I did that up like on, but no, I don't. Ina Farrell. Okay. Illust- she's an illustrator. Yeah, they're beautiful illustrations. Yeah. She's a a friend of. She was in college with Sharon, my ex. So we stayed in contact, but she's been great. Um, so I would have talked maybe about a year ago. When we were talking to each other a lot, and she's done an illustration for every song. Mm. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Oh, so wow. there's eleven songs 11 on the songs, album. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have a front cover and she did like 12 illustrations plus a few extras we didn't use Like nice. so uh, yeah so she does that she's uh, com is her website but she's uh, she's great yeah and we would have talked about the whole her thing is trademark thing or whatever it's a crow head on a human hmm. so we came up with the is, idea of is a, that why the photos with you next to it in the that's a penguin now that's Peng- a penguin yeah, we sorry. came up with the idea of like suppose we were thinking of paternal animals and you know the whole emperor penguin yeah, yeah. who looks after the the babies while the mothers go and get the food you know <laughs> what was that film the March Morgan, of the Penguins yeah Morgan yeah, yeah. Freeman yeah. I saw. I remember seeing that when I was like seven in cinema I was like this is amazing <laughs> yeah so that's where we came up with that idea basically but then afterwards we're, we're going ahead with it there's this band called Penguin Cafe Orchestra and I did it's a great name for a band <laughs> yeah like they were big in the uh, I suppose the 80s uh, I was they're sort of traditional folk but sort of contemporary as well mm. but I didn't know I knew of the band I knew of some of their pieces they had one telephone and rubber bands so it was like an old dial tone and a rubber band were the main instruments in the in the, in the song those samples the <laughs> and they had a harmonium around them I think yeah but um, I didn't know about their artwork and I was talking to a German guy in work because I, w- I work in teaching and he like knows 
everything about music. He's been to thousands of gigs. He owns, he told me he owns something like 30,000 CDs. Oh my God. He owns, makes that look small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 900 over there. I mean, <laughs> when he was in college, he'd be in his 50s now. When he was in college, he would have presented a radio show in the college, um, the college radio station mm. on music. And since then, he's just built up this massive collection. Yeah. Well, I said it to him, oh yeah, I showed him a picture. He goes, that is terrible. I said, why? He goes, it's been done before. Oh. Penguin Cafe Orchestra. I was like, ah. Nothing worse. Yeah, but it's like, it's too <laughs> late now. But it's like, it is very different. Yeah. But the worst thing about it, Penguin Cafe Orchestra, they've, their children of the original Pen Penguin Cafe Orchestra have set up a new Penguin Cafe Orchestra. So they're oh. re-releasing stuff now as Penguin Cafe Orchestra. <laughs> they, is it like covers or is it, there's a new no, song just so I think the it's all, similar style? Or? Oh, with the similar style, I think it's all original. Oh, sweet. It is, yeah. It would be all original. Uh, but there are Penguin heads on people <laughs> but they are only doing that because they call themselves penguin cafe orchestra there was meaning behind money <laughs> so, so fuck those guys <laughs> yeah, fuck them. exactly like yeah. yeah so we're on to the portion where i ask you random questions if we're in a bar so um okay. <laughs> the first one is if you could collab with somebody who would it be that uh, could be alive or in dead. the world in the world anybody uh johnny greenwood from radiohead and the film composer. I should have known you. You should have known yeah. you were going to say that because I only just read an article. But I wouldn't collaborate. I just steal all just his steal. <laughs> ideas. I just, just tell watch him work even or... Yeah, tell him, tell me everything you know. <laughs> and I just record it secretly. What's your and, favorite Radiohead album? Uh, either Kid A or OK Computer. They seem the, to be the... And In Rainbows. They're the, the three. The three, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I know either Kid A or okay computer I still um, I've said this said this a few times in the podcast there's still a band that I have yet to do like a deep dive on and the last time I said that my friend Dave Newell was like you should not be allowed to have a podcast he's like they are the greatest band in the world oh, Radiohead yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's so much podcast about Radiohead like I, I just have a about bit of, dissecting them alone yeah I'm a bit of a Radiohead nerd and there is a podcast that is just about Radiohead I can't remember what it's called but I've listened to it. but they get like they got um, Clive Deemer they interviewed him you know he's the second he played drums at Portishead and now when they oh, play live, wow. he's the second drummer for Radiohead. Oh, they sweet. actually got okay. him on it, which was great. <laughs> they got another guy, Christopher O'Reilly, who, God, about 20 years ago, did a whole album of piano, Radiohead songs interpreted for the piano. So they got some, like, people who've been very much, uh, you know, you know, be well known in the Radiohead world. Like, I don't know. think I'd be able to do a podcast like yeah, that. Like, if yeah. I was able to have one of my biggest idols ever, I think I'd just be a blubbering mess the entire time. Yeah. They've never got anyone <laughs> of Radiohead though. <laughs> never any of the five members. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a Radiohead nerd. I mean, like, I, I dissect it. I dissect their albums still, like musically. Like, okay, computer. There was. But so much to take for it. It's not a bad band to be to be obsessed about. Like yeah. a lot of people tout them as one of the greatest musical projects ever. So <laughs> mm. it's just so fresh. The whole thing. It's just still, and it's new every time as well. Like I've I've kind of jumped a bit. Most of the albums do sound like completely different to the other, but still yeah. sound like Radiohead if that makes sense. Yeah, and they have the smile now, which is Radiohead, <laughs> which is Tom York and Johnny Greenwood, and then probably a better drummer than Phil Selway, who is a good drummer. But they have your man <laughs> from Sons of Ken Kennis. Sons of Chemist. I don't know them now, to be honest. They're like a sort of a prog, uh, British band, but he's a unbelievable drummer. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that's the three of them in the Smile. I'd love to see them live. They're not coming to Ireland though. Um. No. Oh, what? No. Like they're not playing any festivals here at all or no. anything? No. Well, not that I know of. I don't think so. No. Mm. 
It's like they stick to North America. They've done a few around Europe. Uh, it's like Radiohead. Radio, it's the same place as Radiohead go. Okay. So, um, yeah. That's one thing I do kind of get bogged down about listening, about being from Ireland, is that the amount of times you see band going on a European tour, and it's like, but we're not going to Ireland. It's like, God damn it. It's just financial again. Oh, yeah, no. It comes yeah, down to money. Yeah. Like, you know, we're an island, and like, I imagine it costs to get your equipment over here it costs more than just going around Europe with mm. a truck you know so uh, yeah yeah like my my, fav- my one of my all time favourite bands Death Heaven they played a sold out show in Wheelands in 2013 and then they never came back it's been 10 years they're playing finally again this this oh, right. w- this August I was like oh god damn it you took your time coming back yeah, like yeah. 10 years <laughs> it is frustrating but it is it's obviously a money thing there's, there's it has come, to be, come yeah. over to Tardin for what like two potential dates Belfast and Dublin maybe yeah. Cork yeah yeah, yeah. Unless you're a huge band. Unless you're massive, yeah. Yeah. Then you can do Slain. <laughs> yeah, you can do, well, or the Three Arena or whatever, yeah. like, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your current go-to music, actually? Um, Lancome. Lancome. <laughs> <laughs> For the last, no, it changes all the time. The last week, Lancome, like, you know? Lancome, yeah, uh, Only because I've seen them, yeah. <laughs> um, what else? I, like, I, I, YouTube's the main place I listen to music. Really? Yeah, oh, YouTube. Okay. Uh, but their algorithm is appalling. But they only suggest stuff you've already listened to. Yeah, so I, I've have, noticed that myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not a Spotify person at all. Like I, even with my stuff, I'm like, I put it on Spotify and forget about it. I'm not. <laughs> I, I just, I've, I've never paid for premium, and I never, I just don't listen to on Spotify. I don't. Yeah. Uh, so there's just variety of stuff on YouTube. I'm listening to uh, "Declare Independence" by Bjork. I've been listening to that song a fair bit recently. Mm. Um, what else? Go Go Penguin. The uh, they're like a from Manchester, like a sort of a piano trio oh, jazz. Birds band. going on in your uh, discography. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go Go Penguin. I always come back to listen to listen to them. Um, so I've been listening to them again recently. Uh, any new ones? I have new stuff out. I know, my head always goes blank. Yeah, like, you know. no, do, do, it's funny. It's one of those things that when I ask the questions to bands, they always like. There's been a few where they've messaged me after the episodes come out. It's like, fuck, I remember all the ones that I wanted to say yeah, now. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you remember? Actually, I love asking this question. What was your first and last album you ever bought? God, the first. See, when I was a teenager, my brother had. I just used listen to my brother's CDs. My older brother. When I started buying stuff, really, it would have been like. Elliot Smith, like you know, uh, all right. What else? Like around the Sigur Ross around that time, uh, Nick Cave. Then, uh, sick. That's when I started getting very much. I uh, well, Nick Cave. I remember it was uh, Dave Fanning at the time played a Nick Cave song, and nobody I knew listened to Nick Cave. So I was, that was my own little thing. <laughs> it was great. Uh, and then the, I haven't bought an album in so long, to be honest with you. you most you know, people don't really buy them anymore. Yeah. It's more just for a collection purpose than actually like, oh, I just want to go out and yeah, get Yeah, you mean album. a physical album? Yeah. Or like, what's the, what's the last album you like you fell like properly in love with that you're like, oh, this is amazing. It was probably Lancome again, was it? <laughs> yeah, well, their new one's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, last one, like that was new at the time. I am completely going blank here. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm absolutely going blank. It's all right. Because, uh, again, like, compared to a few years ago, like, I wouldn't be, the whole, uh, 
even though my whole album that I've recorded, I, I like people to listen from start to finish. The fact is most people won't. And me, inclu- <laughs> me included, like, you know. So I gave it the stuff like when I was living with my cousin there, we're constantly finding new stuff like uh, Black Country. Uh, Black Country New Road. Road. Yeah, Very that good. sort of stuff. That Did was you see great. Did play two months ago? No. Another was apartment. that a sellout, was it? I think it was an Olympia. I think yeah. they saw that, yeah. Uh, other stuff like... Uh, we only sort of started listening to Death Grips. Uh, oh, Death Grips are so good. Yeah, They're like, not a band I thought you'd have mentioned, to be honest. But <laughs> Yo, that song, uh, Guillotine. Guillotine. We used to listen yeah. to that on, on loop. Um, <laughs> get, so I know they're coming back here in about a month, aren't they? They're two playing months? two shows. So they, they, the first one sold that instantly, so they announced the second one the day after. Okay. And I missed tickets for both of them. <laughs> Where are they playing? The Academy? Playing is the it? Academy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose Death Grips again not, not an album from start to finish just listening to no, various great, like, variety of things that's about 10 years ago wasn't it that's that song oh you know actually it probably would be now i think is it on the money store i think guillotine is hmm. there's tachyon is my favorite song by them but you can't get it on um you can't get it on spotify because it has so many samples in it that that ep x military oh, so it? you can only okay. listen to it on youtube okay but um if you ever see the video for i think i think it's tachyon where he goes into when he goes into the building, you can hear a woman scream, mm. and that's because they were actually going into an abandoned building. They were going into somewhere that they thought was empty to film the music video. So he's coming in with like a balaclava and stuff, and oh, just right. scared the shit out of them. <laughs> they kept it in the video. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very good. But um, what else? Like you know, what sort of other albums have been? What sort of stuff do we use to? That Kendrick Lamar album last year. I remember we were listening to that. A good Very bit. good album. I saw that. It was a bit long though. Live. It's too long. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Albums. <laughs> that was it's a double album, wasn't it? Technically. Uh the the Kendrick. I think it was. Yeah, it was yeah. a double album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I liked a lot. I did listen to that full album. I liked a lot of stuff off it. Uh, I like the stuff with sort of. He played a lot of it with a live band, didn't he? Was, he was always plays with the live band now. So yeah. I've seen him. I must have I've seen him four times now and every oh, time, I, I've every never time seen it's, him. every time okay. it's with the live was he with the live no he, he was with the live band I think when I saw him in the three arena um, he had Baby Keem supporting did you see that they filmed the music video Kendrick Mars music video with Baby Keem was filmed in St. Stephen's Green I saw that recently <laughs> that was only Dub- recently Dublin was last Airport week. Lounge yeah 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 so it must have been filmed when they were back I think it was December when okay, they were yeah. playing so it must have been filmed back then but um, why did they do that I have no idea <laughs> It's, it's not really weird seeing it in that music video as well. It's not that great. Were they on Grafton Street or something, were they? As they're, well? they're walking. So do you know when you're like walking past the gate and it's the entrance in? Yeah, yeah. You can see them walk in there and then they're going up the escalator and stuff in it. It's bizarre. I know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe for them it's fancy. It's really not. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I don't think uh, Stephen's Green has changed. Stephen's Green has changed in the entire time I've been on this planet. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's... uh. It is a good shopping centre, though. No, it's not. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um, oh, uh, if you could change one thing about the Irish music scene, what would it be? Um, Let's see. If I could change one thing about the Irish music scene. You can change a few if you want, but... I think the whole... It's just the live thing. It's just so hard to get a run of shows together. Uh, The whole pay-to-play thing has always wound me up. Like, you know why do you pay someone to actually do a slot but well pain like let's say just even the workmans and places like that mm. you know pain for the obviously you pay the sound engineer no problem with that yeah but just if you're getting a crowd in yeah and I've, I've read recently as well now this has never happened to me but some venues charge for merchandise for all they give you a charge a percentage of the merchandise 
Oh, I've seen that in the States. You yeah, know, it's that's... been happening in Belfast. I've seen oh, it. That's, uh, that is really sickening because that's now, how bands make their money. Yeah, yeah. So it's been happening. Happened in a few venues. I just saw on Twitter a few venues in Belfast. I would just boy name and shame them and boycott them. That's yeah, a terrible thing to do to uh, a band. If that becomes a thing. Like I wouldn't. I could say I'll sell them to you outside the door. Yeah. I would not like, you know. Uh so if that becomes a thing, yes, that would need to change. No, that's that's a terrible thing to do. Like I was yeah. only saying I think it was when tombs were on because um, they were saying like how you know it is very difficult for bands who are st- especially bands who are starting off to make a bit of cash yeah. Fibbers now has a sign that says um, for every t-shirt that you buy like 20 quid that you spend on a t-shirt or whatever for yeah. a band you're paying for about 50,000 streams on fa- on Spotify and that kind of stuff oh, right. so it is like a way for a band to actually make decent cash Fibbers is now that's decent for uh, in terms of bands getting somewhere to play oh Fibbers is a great, great. venue yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you've played you've played Fibbers as as your solo project have you I did like back in March or something mm. a couple of months ago yeah uh, I was meant to do that with the band but they weren't ready so I just uh, just winged it <laughs> yeah no it was grand it went actually okay good grand. I actually really enjoyed it the sound guy I actually really enjoyed the sound up on stage because mm. I didn't I didn't I did a line check there was no sound check like you know but I must have had a, I, th- I was ready anyway like so uh, it did sound good like you know Sweet. another thing I'd change if you could make it more financially feasible for, let's say, independent promoters and things like that, uh, that would be great. There's some great ones out there, like um, some of the ones that do the, the Knights and the Fibbers. Yeah, there's uh, some really, ones particularly for heavy metal is Yeah, that's impressive. one thing, because I follow all them. There's one in Cork, what's it called, Psychotic Reaction or something like that. Uh, they do a lot of the metal stuff. I think it's oh no super spreader promotions. Is that what it is? Can't remember. There's so many now, yeah. but they do. There's but quite a few of them popping up, which is great. And from, they're actually getting fucking bands to play as well. Yeah, the metal scene seems to have it themselves. It'd be great if there was more of that mm. in other genres because I definitely don't play metal. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> It'd be weird seeing you on the label. <laughs> yeah. Psychrotic. <laughs> yeah. I do have a thing like you. You love metal, do you? Yeah. Yeah. It's just I've never been able to to warm to it. I was try, always trying to think why, because there's good musicianship and everything. Yeah, a lot of them are classically yeah. trained, like. Yeah. yeah. As massive in Scandinavia, I know. Mm. There is that band, um, what are they called? The Swedish band. Uh, they're almost like Tool. They're like the Scandinavian version of Tool. Oh, uh, oh, oh Mishuga. 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 Yeah. And the girl I was going out with last year, I'd never heard of them before. She went to see them, was just sending me videos and stuff. Oh. But they're amazing. Like oh, that, yeah. that was like really good. But I think it's just the whole image thing that always put me off with the two horns like the horns of Satan well there's bands now like the, my main bands I listen to like Liturgy are one of my all time favourite bands yeah. at the moment so yeah. I can't say they're all time but they're up there at the moment they don't look like a metal band and Death Heaven certainly don't look like a metal band okay um, they're kind of there's a lot of bands kind of moving away from that you'll see even like okay. hardcore bands you'd never guess they were in hardcore bands like No Tattoos Normal haircuts. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. the death metal thing that kind of still goes for that look. But okay. um, I do the look is pretty. I do have to say I do quite like the look as well. I oh, do, but yeah. But it does it does put people off. But what I always find hilarious was I brought a friend of mine to uh, Fibber's Metal to the Masses, where they get like the top metal. I bands. know who yeah. won that this year. Uh, Levain, who are a Levain. hard a metallic hardcore band, and they were insanely good. I've okay. never seen a mosh pit as big as that in uh, in Fibber's okay. before. But uh, a friend of mine brought I, me I to... I kept on the rest of Nation were in the final, weren't they? Uh, no, it was... Um, Cell Games. Cell, Cell Games were. Cell, Cell Games for sure were in the... I know, because... Brilliant uh, as well. They were very good. The guitarist and the bass player in that band are in... Were in another band with my ex. So oh, right, I okay. Sorta, I went to see them last year. 
in fibbers yeah they're, we good, they're very good the talent yeah. this year like i go to mel to the masses all the time the talent this year was like i would have hate to have to judge it i really would have hate to have to judge okay. it it was pretty impressive but uh no i brought a friend of mine and he kind of was walking in it's the same with i've brought a few friends to fibbers and they kind of see you know the big beards the long hair the metal jackets with the you know mm. someone getting someone getting killed on the back of it and they're like this is terrifying and then you kind of quickly realize that everybody there is lovely and it's, it's yeah, a real seeing, nice like, environment i was in denmark last year uh <laughs> Just, I have a friend who owns a pub over there, so I went over. But they, in Copenhagen, there was like this massive metal festival with all the the big, like I think Slayer and people like that. There was all these huge acts anyway. In so, Copenhagen? Yeah, last, last June. Anyway, so we were in the pub and loads of metalers came in. And my friend was like, he's been a musician for years. He's like, they're the nicest people in the world. <laughs> the metalheads. They are really the, are, are the though. nicest people in the world. I've, I've only ever seen a fight once at a metal gig. Uh, I've seen tons of other gigs, but mm. mainly pop gigs, weirdly enough. Mm. Girls beating the shit out of each other because somebody okay. went in front of them. But um, the only fight that I've ever seen was at Marlon Manson, and it was during the fights on. So he's uh, yeah, and he's not really a cool person to talk about anymore. No, like. you can't. <laughs> Things have sort of gone south there. Very south. Jesus Christ. Right. It's funny though, like when the news came out about him, it was just like, oh yeah, that that does add up. <laughs> yeah. After all the stories. I remember a friend of mine asked me to read his autobiography years ago. And I remember finishing it going, I fucking hate this dude now. And he goes, what? He goes, man, he's a dick. In was this. he a dick in it? He said, it was, and it was, this isn't after his like second album. And he's talking about that he rules the world and rock and all this kind of carry on. There was some heinous stories of him like mentally abusing like a deaf girl and stuff. That's all, it's all in the book. And it's depicted as this kind of cool, like rock and roll lifestyle. It's like, no, you're a serial abuser and dickhead. Mm. <laughs> I remember I read a biography on Kurt Cobain, and oh. I'm, I'm a big, uh, I love Nirvana. But after the book, I remember that guy's a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people really like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> no, no, he was like, he was great. He was a yeah. brilliant songwriter, yeah. but uh, and a great singer, good guitarist as well. I think he was underrated as a guitarist. Mm. Uh, but, um, they're still very much cool Nirvana, aren't they? Nirvana is still mm-hmm. kind of yeah. It's, it, you do see the t- t-shirts being sold at like um like designer stores for like three hundred times three hundred times the market of what a normal Nirvana t-shirt yeah. would be on yeah. people who would never wear them. But uh, no, it's I think Nirvana is still kind of it's cool to say that you like Nirvana. Yeah, no, they're, they're great. Like, yeah. but I hope I'm they, right with that story. They're quite like a gatekeep. They're quite like a gatekeeping, <laughs> not gatekeeping uh, band. Um, what's the gateway band for a lot of people i think especially my age that got them into like rock music like the kind of harder stuff um for sure and they they do like even seeing uh foo fighters now it's still great seeing dave Grohl rocking away the new album's very good as well oh is it oh it's very good yeah it made me ball my eyes out as it does like dave (laughs) dave he seems like a lovely man yeah he's yeah he's like known as i would say i think he's like known as like the nicest guy in rock and roll (laughs) yeah he's had some career in life like I'd, I'd, I don't know if he has an autobiography out, but I'd be reading it straight away if he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, who do you think is actually, on that note, who do you think is one of the most underrated bands in the world? Okay, maybe, um, I suppose that's right. there's a band called, well, Low, and they, I love them now. Low, as in Low, L-O-W, L-O-W yeah. Uh, now, I don't know if they're going anymore because there was a husband and wife, but the wife died of breast cancer at the end of last year. Mm. Uh, Mimi Parker but they are a band I I saw them at Electric Picnic I was playing there like 2016 15 or something like that and uh, 
I just stumbled into them because it was freezing. It was one of the co- so we myself and freezing sh- at EP. Was yeah, it just it was rain like f- or just windy or it was just so cold. It was like I had to go to bed with all my. Uh, I was in a tent, obviously, with all my clothes on, extra clothes on. <laughs> but so we went into a tent and lower plane in a tent because obviously it might be a bit hotter in a tent. Yeah, yeah. and they were amazing. And then they had a album out. Was it zeros and something? Can't remember zeros and ones and zeros or something like that. And I really got into them, started listening to a lot of their older stuff. Hmm. So they've been going since 94, or they were like, and they're, uh, they wouldn't be known by mainstream. They're, they're a big band, like, but uh, hmm. I would call them a little bit because I think their sound is pretty accessible. I gotta you check know. them out after this, then. Yeah, yeah. oh, they're great. Yeah. Really, really good. Low would be, I suppose, underrated. Yeah, a lot of the bands are like, they would be get they would be critically lauded as well like you know so I don't know if that, that counts as being underrated it's <laughs> underrated like when people think they're crap they're not yeah crap. That, that's but that's not what I mean it's kind of yeah. like bands that you think they're just like why is nobody talking about this band is the kind of what I mean by that question like okay, they yeah. just don't hear about them all the time yeah um, see the bands or let's say the modern the Irish bands at the moment uh, I'd be a big Gilla band ex-girl band oh, Gilla band are fucking amazing yeah so I don't know <laughs> but they're critically lauded as well does that count and they are very much talked about in the I, uh, yeah I would say that, that I would say that counts the only band I've ever had a panic attack at watching was, was Gilla band oh, where was I it? had to leave it was in Vicar Street oh, I was at that oh, I've fuck. seen them a couple of times at Vicar Street yeah <laughs> Had to just I had I was just like yeah. I, this is really this is making me very I find it I find their music heavier than heavy metal like oh yeah yeah I find I, find I love the way it sort of sounds like almost electronic music at times mm. like sort of industrial electronic yeah that's what I I kind of yeah. get like almost it's like almost like a feckin nine inch nails buzz off it or something like mm. that or something maybe yeah. even a little bit heavier but for me I don't know what it is sonically it just it's the same with like industrial techno when I see that live I have to leave the room I'm just like it, it, is, right. it does yeah. for whatever reason it does something strange to me and then I'll put on like a black metal song my friends were like how do you fucking listen to this but you can't <laughs> listen to this yeah. I don't know what it is about it it just does something weird to me <laughs> yeah it was uh yeah I, i've seen them a couple i've seen them three or four times i haven't seen them as gilla band when they were girl band i saw them mm. uh but they were great really really good no really f- phenomenal band i think Lancome did life. support them one of the gigs oh that would have been an amazing yeah gig. <laughs> they supported one of one of those gigs in vicar street jesus <laughs> yeah um i think that were they lynched at the time all these band name changes yeah so I, I didn't know Lancome were lynched for ages. <laughs> oh, I, I remember when they changed, and I can. It's a decent reason why they changed as well, because you, if you Google Lynch, you you saw someone being hung from a tree. Yeah, it's not a yeah. great. Yeah, it's more they, of a name for like a. It's, it's actually more of a name for like a death metal band than it yeah. is. Yeah, and the girl band, the Gilla band, that was very controversial. That their reasons were. I still don't get it. Most people don't get it. Like, you know? Yeah. But I, to be honest, I I kind of, I like the name. I like the change name as well. I remember seeing the post about why they changed. And I was kind of like, all right, it's it's your band. You can do what you want. I, I didn't really yeah. understand it that much either now, to be they honest. They seem to uh, really wind up the internet right wing people. <laughs> I've never seen so many comments on a band. They seem alone, to get pissed let, about everything these days anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the Bud Light controversy. <laughs> it's getting crazy. There's Target's a new one. What? That's their new one, Target. You know, Target in America, the uh, yeah, yeah. chain store, because they're they're marketing LGBTQ stuff to children, like with the rainbow flag on it. Oh, for God's sake! Uh, so it really is harmless shit as well. Like I do yeah. not understand the. Um, so they're getting really wound. Bud Light's sales have got dropped now. In all fairness, the Bud Light drinker apparently was sort of the Nas 
NASCAR. Yeah. Sort of, <laughs> you know, Donald Trump supporting, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but they do, so. like, it is one of those, because conver- uh, like, I'll be on Reddit and stuff and every so often you just see the new kind of thing that the right wing have gone up against. And it's like, oh, what is it now? It's like, Bud Light. What the fuck? <laughs> and it was such a weird reason. They had a transgender, not even proper marketing, just their influencer just said I like Bud Light yeah and that was it <laughs> the most harmless thing in the world yeah. like. and they were like oh my god they're trying to now they're jumping they're on the bandwagon they're trying to get to our kids <laughs> yeah, that's what they're like and it's for it it's in Ireland as well like you know the whole there was something I only saw it because it's very much on my periphery yeah there was something about well the whole refugee thing is just crazy the uh, this, the the marches against it and the mm-hmm blockading and stuff like that oh no it's nuts and i like it was only even saying like over the summer i met somebody walking home and he was a genuine nazi like he was open talking about that he sympathized with hitler he thought that he was most misunderstood person in history that he had a lot and i was just like how have we got at this far that he's able just to and i i I was having a smoke with him i was like man i've i gotta go and he was like why he goes you're a piece of shit did like, you say that yeah i did i said i definitely said that yeah. and then he was like what do you mean i was like you you sympathize you just said you no i said you're like a nazi yeah. and he goes no and he goes you literally said you sympathize <laughs> with hitler it I was the most got, bizarre I, I was conversation last, i've ever had yeah i was out last thursday and a guy i work with his friend was there now his friend was he was weird like he was right wing but he said if he was American, he would have voted for Bernie Sanders. Okay. That's, he was, that's he was very, yeah. <laughs> he was very pro-life. He got kicked out of Sinn Féin. He was so pro-life. Okay. Uh, but he started saying, I knew it. So I said, in my head, I said, when's he going to start talking about the refugees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but he came up, he said like, <laughs> yeah. And what was, what was his point? It was so, I really got him on it. I said, uh, that's what they do now. They, they try and make it look like they're sympathizing with the, with the refugees. Like, you know, He's like, um, sure, we can't grow our population here because there's uh, all these immigrants are coming in and they're, uh, you know, there's no jobs there and stuff like that for people because they're taking all the jobs, all the, the job, whatever. Yeah. Then I said, all right. Uh, so I said, you probably think, though, that the problem with refugees coming in, that they're not working. He goes, yeah, they're not working. They're coming in and not working. I said, you just said the problem is they're, that they're coming the in job. and taking the job. <laughs> He said, no, some of them are not working. I said, all oh, right. Yeah, well, how, Irish, how many? Some how Irish many? people aren't working either, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I said, how many? They don't like that, you know, when you you put their your word, their own words back in them. But like, even you know. like, I, there's, a, there's a person that I know that can get a few drinks and they get quite racist and they do the kind of like, there's like, you know, they're coming here. I don't know where they think they can get, they can just come and take the jobs over here. And I was just like, man, if there's any country in the world that can't complain about going to a different country I know. And, and taking jobs, it's the Irish. I know. <laughs> But like I I don't get it it's just so odd and it's people say well you'd have a problem with next to you I said I wouldn't I said bring I said bring all the refugees down to Gory like <laughs> put them all there I don't give a shit but I'll go out from the beer with them it'd be great yeah. Start, uh, probably fucking better crack the chat to than you are like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. bring them all down there it is flood well, the town with the I, refugees I hate seeing I do really hate seeing it like I wouldn't be like an extremely woke liberal type but like this business of kind of coming in, like just, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand it at all. Like this kind of extreme hatred, uh, baseless as well. It's, yeah, well just, it's, it's going back. Like it's not if it's new. 
Like this has been replayed oh, yeah, yeah. for just, hundreds there's of some, years. There's something they have a, a reason. They, they think yeah. they're more entitled to actually not entitled, but the, it, there's like an element of being able to get away with it now, almost. If yeah. that makes sense. And so there was a thing in Ireland as well recently with the about some they were going mad about. They call themselves concerned parents. I only saw this on Twitter. They were going mad about some the new curriculum in secondary school, and they said, which is not going to happen in the new book. They're going to be teaching kids about fisting. I said, and I said, no, they won't. I fucking heard that. No, they off, won't. Yeah, off. I won't say, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's and it's yeah. just like, how, why? Where would be the educational <laughs> purpose of teaching a child that? So that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So they're all going mad about this, like, or they had a little march with concerned parents. I think they went into a, a library in swords or something like that. I fuck. I saw this. Yeah. yeah. And it's like. There was some book that they were. That I remember there was one guy who wouldn't leave a, bu- a, bu- a library because they stocked this book that apparently yeah. was like um, teaching kids about like crazy like LGBT sex and stuff. And it, like that's not that wasn't the content of the book yeah. whatsoever. Like, I know, of course it isn't. Like, you know, it's not as if like you know. Of and it's this it. arrogant dickhead on the phone thinking he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like you look more. You just look like a tool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we got talking on that for so long. I know, yeah, <laughs> because I only have one. It is question. topical. Though. It is topical. Yeah. Yes, I only have one question left for you, okay. which is the question that I end every podcast with, yeah. and it's um, I don't know why I'm looking at my phone for it. I know the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you love most about what you do about the music that you create? Um, it is a live performance. I think that is always the best part of it. Like you know, mm. uh, like when you're performing a song and you hit it right, uh. And you can see there's a reaction in people. That's always the best, yeah. best thing. I uh, don't know what that feels like, but I'd yeah. say it's just like the most warm feeling straight away. It's just like when you're singing and you, you're hitting the notes well and you're getting the meaning of the song across and you can see people just staring at you or whatever. Mm. It's, uh, that's the best bit, definitely. Like, you know, that's why I want the second half of this year very much. It's going to be all live. That's what I'll be developing. And, and, playing a lot more uh live concerts and gigs yeah well, i'm looking forward to seeing it now i have to say because <laughs> like from just now i'm not just saying this because you know you're on the show the first two singles that i've heard so far are phenomenal there's so gonna really be uh, one more single in september cool and it's saint michael david's doing the video like videos are exceptionally expensive <laughs> so uh i i don't know how i've managed i've worked got put money away to pay for these three videos mm-hmm. but then the album's coming out at uh, the end of September then I'll have to get the vinyl I'm doing them open vinyl oh are you actually yeah yeah oh sick I Cause, cause, oh, yeah because the art, <laughs> artwork is so good that Ina did I wanna yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna have it physically done up no that'd be good that will yeah. be gorgeous yeah so I don't know it's like the more you get the cheaper it is per unit so I don't know I might get 300 done up but then I'll have 300 stuck in a room <laughs> <laughs> So well, like, two hundred ninety nine. You've guaranteed. I, I will buy one. Guaranteed. Okay, Grant. Grant. <laughs> People do buy stuff at gigs, which is good. Yeah, I've. Yeah. Oh, well, I. I make a conscious effort that any gig that I'm at, I always buy a T-shirt or something at it, even yeah. if it is like a patch for a band or something, because I have one of those jackets that has on the patches on the back of it, oh, even yeah, something yeah. like that, just something anyway to come home with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now I have so many patches of bands. I'm just like, I don't listen to these guys. So why do I have them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for coming on, yeah. man. That's 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 us. That's great. Um, Thanks a million. So that's our episode for this week. As I mentioned before at the beginning of the episode, we're going to do it a little bit differently this time. We're going to get a live performance performed here, and the song is called Dogs of War. Okay, hope you've enjoyed the episode. Thank you very much, and that's us. One, two, three, four.
Looking back now within every thought I have dealt rubbed in mine I threw sense to the wind with a tender embrace How your walls gave way at least for a while And love it poured like a rain Hurling hail with a flash flooded iron And I'd swear for the sake of a dew-honeyed kiss I'd have drowned in its pools but desire Left me with a cross to bear Rumbling with a coronet Retwined and it leaves me in a humble state in a spiral as the world rotates I know my heart will sing and grow And I know yours aches and spills and overflows Your love was dead not just a lie I hollowed out that it dealt a good time Now when I dream just a sight of your grace for the near has me steered to the will of the night And memories gather in a knot In a silent room that time forgot All dull It leaves me in a fallen place Arranging photos for today I know that I loved you in an ancient way I loved you like choirs would sing your name But I lost you to your dogs of war I lost you to the fog that wraps around and carries you Platitude 
in the refuge of soul callow view you'd hide and you'd leave me in a turbid state in a quiet place to navigate alone still I loved you in an ancient way I loved you like choirs would sing the soul of an angel in an endless storm Had me haggling for a love to call my own When I lost you to your dogs of war I lost you to the dogs, the wolves, hollowed Demons cluttered and disguised In the hidden alcoves of your mind And now I lie here as the walls rotate In this silent room that dissipated glow From the moon and all its golden grace Leaps around this empty place Although the wind is willing me to stay My spirit longs to run away So I'll go to my buddies all the journeymen Where legends are forged by folly and I know my name is known.